Amen. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Good evening to everybody. This is Pastor Lester and Sharon Hayes here uh, coming at you tonight from Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, thank the Lord that we're able tonight to come to Tuesday night Bible study. Amen. We thank the Lord for Monday night Bible study. And we thank the Lord for a river of life uh, ministry there with Pastor Thomas and Pastor Joe Rich out of Maryland there. Amen. The D.C. area. And we thank you for uh, all of our friends from up in that area that are on the line tonight. And we're just excited. Thank God for Sister Green joining us tonight. Amen. All the way from the Carolinas there. And we just give the Lord the praise tonight. Prayerfully, hopefully some others will join in. Just pray and hope uh, they'll come on in tonight. Amen. And just hear what thus say the Lord tonight. And we are extremely blessed tonight to learn that Sister uh, Marilyn and her husband, Verda Vernon, are celebrating 28 years of marriage. Amen. Oh, what an awesome, awesome blessing it is. So, Father, we just lift them up tonight and just pray tonight that, God, this will be the best year for them of transition as they grow more in you, God, that you would just continue to pour out your favor and blessings upon them, Lord God. And we're just thanking and praising you tonight for knowing them and having them as a part of this, this spiritual family, Lord God, that you have put together and part of this ministry, this this prayer line, this Bible study. Lord, we just wish the very best for them and may they continue, Lord God, to grow in your wisdom and your knowledge and grow in their love and their relationship, Lord God, with you and with each other. And we just ask you to smile favorably upon them tonight. God, just bless them with grace and love and, 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 and all that they need. God, we pray that you would supply it to them. Let this be the best 28th year anniversary, Lord God, that could ever uh, be shared between two people, Lord God, who you put together. And we just give you the praise and glory and the honor right now, Lord God, for just blessing them, keeping them, Lord God, and extending, oh Lord God, life to them, Lord God, that they may continue to have 28 plus more years or longer as it is your will, God. And we just thank you for them tonight as blessings upon them right now. In Jesus' wonderful name, thank you, Father, for smiling favorably on them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. So we thank the Lord tonight for that, for you sharing that with us, and congratulations, and may God just continue to smile favorably and his blessings just overshadow and overtake you. Amen. And you can continue to enjoy many, many more years together there. Amen. And again, we give God praise tonight. You're welcome. Give God praise tonight. Amen. And thank him again for another Tuesday night Bible study. We're so elated to be here tonight, and we're going to go ahead and get right into the word tonight. Amen. We're very excited about what God is doing, uh, living in some very critical times, some very dark days, evil days, and dark seasons that are upon us. But you know, so many different uh, variables are confronting us and things coming at us. Natural things are happening, storms going up the coast, uh, you know, uh, just a lot of things going on. Fires out in California again and just had a huge explosion in Beirut, killed 63 people so far and about 3,000 more injured. Still got the, the pandemic, the coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic still uh, taking out lives up above 157,000 now. Almost 5 million people been affected. And, and uh, we still got craziness coming out of the White House, lack of leadership, don't know what to do, just spewing out lies and rhetoric and confusing the people and frustrating the people out there. And so 
This pandemic is really, really testing uh, our leadership framework to the limit. And I thank God for those governors out there that are really trying uh, hard to uh, do the right thing by the people, uh, understanding that this is the government, whether it be federal, local, uh, statewide, it is government is always the government for the people, by the people and of the people. And I pray that if we're going to have a government that we respect that and get back to that. Amen. And so we just have so many different uh, things right now that are challenging us. Amen. And there's a lot of choices and decisions that are going to have to be made. They're talking about kids going back to school. The teachers want to strike because they say it's unsafe. And so you want to open back up the economy uh, as it's tanking right now. Jobs, uh, people unemployment, checks are hanging in the balance. They've exceeded the cutoff date one week uh, past the cutoff date. People are threatened to be evicted, and it's just crazy right now, all the things that people are having to deal with, amen, and you still got racism and hatred and bigotry, and all these things are still flooding our communities. I just saw a, 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 a clip, a breaking news thing when I was getting ready to come down to, tonight and, and sit here at the counter of a black family out in Colorado, was pulled over in a van. Uh, six-year-old little girl, the mother, all them laying on the ground with all these white police officers around them, mistaking them for a stolen van. You know, it's just crazy harassment is continually going on, and we still got to deal with all these things. But in the midst of all of this, uh, we still have to make choices and decisions about what we're going to do and how we're going to handle these things. Even right now, today, Tuesday, you've got elections going on in about four or five different states in Michigan, Arizona, and different places. And people are today voting, and, and, and people are going to have to make a decision. Do they want to get out and stand in line? Do they want to do melee and balloting? All these things are facing, people are faced with choices they got to make. And uh, amen. And so I tailored the message tonight. Uh, God just dropped it in my spirit. Uh, earlier this morning when Pastor Eric was teaching and I just heard the Lord say the choice is yours. Uh, every situation, every circumstance that we encounter right now that's requiring choices to be made, decisions to be made, he says still at the end of the day, the choice is yours. And so I want to title this message tonight, the better informed we are, the better our choice is going to be. The better our choices are. The more or better informed we are, the better our choices are. And so that's kind of what I want to deal with tonight. You know, God has really given every human being on this earth, God has given them the power to make choices regarding their ultimate destiny. In other words, the choices we make right now in the present is going to have uh, impact on our destiny. And not only ours, it's going to affect everybody who's related to us. Everybody who's related to us, uh, you know, associated with us, all of our choices today are going to have long-term impacts. And that's why we got to be well-informed about what's going on with the government. We got to be well-informed about the prophetic prophecies that the Lord gave us in the Bible that talks about what was going to happen, what has happened, and what is yet to happen, so that we can be so well-informed that we don't get more frustrated, more agitated, want to give up, want to quit, want to lose hope, and, and, and just, you know, just say they the heck with the whole process and go into a shell. And so, you know, he, he is he's letting us know, I have given you the power. You know, I've given you the power right from the very beginning of, of human life on this earth. I've always given man that 
power to make his choice. Amen. And those choices, you know, will determine our destiny. Amen. It's, you know, choice is like a free, we are free moral agents. You know, we're free. God has given us freedom to choose. And everybody is in life. I say this all the time based on choices they make. Amen. And the better informed we are, the better our choices are. That's just a proven fact. That's a known fact right there. And so we don't want to abuse our power. Amen. Uh, we have an awesome responsibility between choosing between what's right, what's wrong, what's evil, what's good, what's righteous, what's unrighteous. You know, nobody can make an excuse because we have the right to choose between these things. Amen. And so we thank God for giving us that right. You know, he said it before us, you know, a choice. We can either obey God or disobey God. You know, I thank God is always hoping that we would choose obedience. Amen. And, 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 you know, and he's given us reason through his promises to persuade us to that end. You know, uh, I think he wants us to make sure, you know, of our intentions when we make these choices without any coercion or pressure or brainwashing, you know, uh, manipulation or exploitation on his part. He's not trying to twist no arms. He's not trying to force anything on us. He said it before us, life and death, call heaven and earth to witness against us that we are to choose life. Amen. You know, and as we choose life, we're not only choosing for us, we're choosing it, man, for all those who are related to us, our seed, our seed, seed, our children, our children's children. All these choices that we make, you know, have an impact on our destiny and the destiny of all those, you know, that are related to us. And to be able to do that, we pray that the mind of Christ will be in us so that our thoughts can come in agreement with God's will. So that when I make that choice, I'm not making it out of my mind. I'm making it out of my renewed mind in Christ Jesus, you know, that is in us. You know, he, he's given us that mind that we can just bring our thoughts in agreement with his thoughts and his will and make a better or well-informed, the best decision or the best choice that we could, uh, we could ever make. Amen. And so that's kind of where we're at tonight. You know, America and the rest of the world is still under indictment, I believe, uh, by God. Uh, I believe it is, uh, and it's my belief and my argument tonight that God has ought against America and the rest of the world because I believe they refuse to turn their wicked, turn from their wicked ways and ask for forgiveness and healing of our land. You know, there's some of us do that. There's pockets of us do that. There's some uh, churches and a small remnant of believers that, that understand what the scripture is calling for from God's people in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, that in my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, I would hear from heaven for you, America and the world, and I would forgive your sins and heal your land. It's just that simple. So we have that choice, well-informed about that, what God is requiring. And if nobody else do it, then we are, we are sub, subject to it as followers and believers in Christ. Amen. And America and the rest of the world, can, they, they can solve this serious problem that we have right now. Uh, you know, by turning to God before it's too late. No, no more people have to just die at the hand of poor and bad leadership, clueless leadership. God is the answer to it all. And he's given us all the wisdom we need, all of the doctrine we need. 
He's given us all of the reproof we need, how to how to point out what we're doing wrong and all the correction we need right there in the word, how to correct ourselves, how to get it right, how to uh, be well instructed in righteousness. You know what that that the men and women of God can be, you know, thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work. So we have this wonderful doctrine. Amen. To help us be better informed that we can make better choices. Amen. And so we are really without excuse. And he says, the choice is yours, says the Lord. Amen. When we look in the book of Genesis, just as a, as a preference tonight for setting up what I'm going to talk about, where and when this earth age begins. We go all the way back to Genesis as Pastor Eric uh, went there this morning and it got me thinking, uh, you know, we can learn that God gives from what God gives Adam and Eve a choice to stay close to him. That's the key right there. You know, God wanted first man and woman to stay close to him. That has not changed. You know, that has not changed because it says in Genesis that God knew that it's not good for man to be alone. He wasn't just talking about giving him an earthly companion. He was saying without him, even to prove the point, God separated himself from them and left them alone just to see what choices they would make. Amen. And those choices were going to affect every human being that was going to be born after Adam and Eve. And we see the devastation when we look back and we track it all the way up through every generation. We see how critical those choices are. And so he wanted, uh, you know, them to make the choice to stay close to him. And they fail miserably. Sin uh, of any kind left unrepented separates us from God until we repent. Then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That puts us right back in good standing with God. And so that is that is a, a well-informed decision from the scripture right there that when I find myself falling short, a decision has to be made. I find myself getting frustrated, upset, angry, but just about to go over the line and sin, you know, give in to the flesh and temptation. You know, you know, I can make a better decision right there. God just forgive me, you know, and, and, and he's faithful and just to do it. Matter of fact, the scripture says in the book of first John chapter one, verses five through 10, the King James Bible. And I don't know why people who struggle with making better decisions don't always use this tool right here. Uh, use these instructions from the word right here to be able to keep themselves close to God. Because we know sin, uh, any shortfall separates us from God. Amen. And it says this. It says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves because we're all sinners saved by grace. We all fall short, come short of the glory of God. And the truth is not in us. So we don't have to be hypocrites. We, we, we need to be able to live a repentant life every day, but we're confessing our faults to God and asking God to forgive us. So we stay close to him. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and have, and his word is not in us. Amen. I make this a practice every day. I don't know how many times I ask God to forgive me because sometimes my thoughts get a little, little crazy. I look at something, you know, going on in, in, in politics and whatnot, and I think something, and I have to remind myself, man, why are you thinking that, man? Because I don't even want my thoughts to sin against God or sin against me or sin against anybody. And so I'm constantly doing that as a reminder Amen. Because, you know, we just want to be right with God. We want to stay close to God. And you don't have to go back every time you do something wrong. I mean, I've, I've been in church settings where when somebody did something wrong, they bring the person up and have the person tell them they got to get saved all over again. No, you don't have to do that. Even though it's not once saved, always saved. But you do have to repent often. It's good for the soul. You have to confess those sins and ask God to forgive you. And so we should just make it a routine habit every day. That I'm going to make this best, this, this best well-informed decision about how I'm going to live my life staying close to God. Because I don't want nothing to wedge in and separate me from God because I'm going to need God. We just went through a storm. I just heard testimony how that storm passed over. It's because probably some of you prayed and some of you were just thanking God for protecting you and watching over you. Learning how to stay close to God in that storm. And now the storm is passed over. And here we are tonight on the phone, man, thinking about, talking about, learning about the effects of making a well-informed decision, how it would help us make better choices. God is always a better choice. Amen. So we just got to get in the habit of doing it. There's also a verse of scripture in the book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 12 of the King James Bible. And it says this, the king's wrath is as the rowing of a lion, but his favor is as a dew upon the grass. And so even though we see all these things going on, there's an indictment on America, an indictment on the world. God is chasing America because he loves America. He's chasing the world because he loves America. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And America got one choice to right this wrong. Turn away from your evil, wicked ways and turn to God. And that'll solve a lot of our problems, a lot of the frustration going on out there right now. If America would just do that. And when I say America, I'm talking about all Americans. Because God has no respect to person. You know, if they would just do that. He said the, <coughs> the king's wrath is as a roaring lion. And some people are feeling that right now, that indictment, you know. But look at what he says. He says, but his favor, talking about God's favor, is as the dew upon the grass. So you just got to make a choice, you know. What do I want? What do I want to show up today? What do I want to show up in my life? What do I want to show up when I'm going through a storm? I want the favor of God to show up like dew, like fresh dew in the morning, you know. You know, like the dew in the morning. And so he tells us that right there. The other option is, if I don't make that right choice, then I can expect God's wrath or God's judgment and for us believers, he said, man, it's going to first begin at the household of faith. And so for all the clergy out there, all those 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 men and women out there who, who are supposed to be seeking God's face, called by God's name. If he's the last choice that we making, then we got a serious problem. Amen. Amen. And so we need to, we need to resolve that. Uh, and in the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 10 through 16, the King James Bible, listen at this argument that, that the prophet is making. I, I love Isaiah. I love his prophecy because he talks about his 66 books in that prophecy. 
And a lot of the things that he prophesied has already come to pass. There are many of those things that are, 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 are coming to pass right now. I love reading it because I need to be well informed so that I can make decisions as a pastor, as a minister, as a teacher and a preacher. So when I come on this line, I'm not going to be just telling you some stuff that I think or maybe I'm going to be telling you accurately what God has revealed to me in the word so that you can be prepared to make a well-informed decision that you can make better choices. Amen. You know, and so look at what this prophet, this, this prophet here, I love reading his, his, his prophecies. It just does something to me. And more importantly, it helps me to be well-informed so that I can make better choices. Amen. I got children. I got grandchildren, you know, and they need to hear the wisdom of Papa. They need to know what Papa and that, and that man is talking about and how we view things because they got to process all this stuff that's going on. They see it on the news. They hear about it. They want to know. They ask questions. And I want to be able to inform them because it, it affects their destiny. Amen. And listen at this argument from, from the case that uh, this prophet makes. He says, let favor be showed to the wicked. Okay. Yet. Will he not learn righteousness? We see that's going on. God has showed uh, these wicked leaders in high places, man. Spiritually, he showed them so much favor. He's given them so much opportunity, man, to change. And it's like their hearts have just waxed colder and colder, even though they've been informed. Amen. But they're still not making better choices. They want to still go with their own, you know, lustful ambitions and, and, and pride and greed and and hatred and bigotry and, and trying to divide and conquer and abuse power and position and authority, you know, and, he, and look at what the prophet says. He said, let favor be showed to the wicked. You know, God has done all of that to get them to turn back to him. He says, yet will he not learn righteousness. He want to learn his own self-righteousness and create his own righteousness, which is no righteousness at all. And God tells us to beware of that because it will leaven the whole lump. He says, in the land of uprightness, will he deal unto justly. We see that right now in this land of uprightness. Amen. America is blessed. Amen. Even though we have an indictment on us and God has all against us, but it's still a land of uprightness. It's required of us. Amen. We can't just do whatever we want to do and think we're going to get away with it. God is holding us accountable. That's why that, that indictment is on us right now. He would deal unjustly. We see that right now with all of our leaders and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. We see that right now. Lord, when thy hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they shall see. You're going to make it. You're going to turn it around, God, and be ashamed for their envy of the people. You know, so much envy right now. I mean, the minute the, 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 the former vice president get up and say something or former president, but Barack Obama get up and say something or anybody get up and say something that's going to try to help this country and keep this country safe and moving forward and moving toward better choices and more well-informed choices. All of a sudden that envy, that spirit of envy come out, you know, and you just got to attack the people, you know, you know, just so jealous and, 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 and just so self-righteous and just so, so, so hateful and so ignorant, you know, you just got to attack people, you know, got to have that self-gratification, just feel so good about yourself because you're attacking people in this land of uprightness where there's plenty for everybody. What are you get? What are you envying people for? You ought to be happy that there's somebody out there that have learned something in doing their time in the office that maybe they can share some wisdom with you, you know. So that you can be more informed, not clueless, and, and make better informed decisions that's going to help the country. You know, 
all in this thing together, you know. And goes on to say, and they will not see, but they shall see and be ashamed of their envy of the people. Yea, the fire of thine enemy shall divide them. That's what's happening, y'all. Lord, thou wilt ordain peace for us. Yes, you will, Lord. For thou also hast wrought all of our works in us. God, you're the one that's doing it in our hearts. You're the one that's keeping us together. You are the one, Lord God, that's blessing us. You're the one that's giving us peace of mind because we keep our minds stayed on you. You're the one that's keeping hope alive because we know your thoughts toward us. You said, I know my thoughts toward you. They are not thoughts of evil like man. They're, they're thoughts of peace to bring you to an expected end to give you hope in the future. As you prophesied in the book of uh, Jeremiah 29, the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, you says, O Lord, our God, other Lord's little L besides thee have had dominion over us. Yes, them little, them little People that we put all our trust in, you know, the little Buddhas and the little little trinkets and the little, you know, rosaries and all those things. Ain't no power in those things, man. Thing that's dead. He says, but by thee only will we make mention of thy name. They are dead. No life in them. You know, they shall not live. They are deceased. They shall not rise. Therefore, hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified. <coughs> thou hast removed it far unto all of the ends of the earth. Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Now that's been the legacy and the history of America. You know, we know how to pray, when to pray, who to pray to. It's just all of us are not doing it habitually, intentionally, purposely. We got to wait for some tragedy. We got to wait for our backs to be broke. We got to wait for total devastation. We got to wait, man, until it's just, until it's just about, we have just about destroyed it before we realize, man, you know, that we need help from God. And I'm, and I'm just praying for some relief right now. I'm praying for some divine intervention right now. I'm praying that God would just convict the heart of all those leaders up there that have hardened their heart, that have waxed so cold against people right now, that have just lost their love for life and for people right now. No empathy, no sympathy, just cold-hearted man, just abuse of power and privilege and authority just because they can and it has caused such an outpouring of hatred and bigotry and racism and discrimination and prejudice across the land. And it's causing people, man, to just take matters in their own hand, the law in their own hand. And, you know, you can't even walk down the street. I just saw a, a breaking news story. A young black boy was riding through a neighborhood in a cul-de-sac. And the white guy came out there, man, him and his neighbors, man, they wanted to attack the boy for just riding the bicycle and told him they did not belong there to get out the neighborhood. He's just riding his bicycle. My God. You know, people are just on edge. So another man, his wife, he's got his semi-automatic weapon man out there. His wife got her big old 45 caliber pistol man just out there pointing at people. And I know a lot of you saw that on the news, but this is just the conscience and the and the heartbeat man of the of the nation out there right now. And and therefore God has an indictment on us, America, because we created this mess. We created this toxic environment. And you know, and clergy out there, you can't be silent about this stuff. You need to get in these prophecies. You need to read these things so you can prepare the people, get the people ready, keep the people ready so that the people can make better choices. It's our job to teach the people. It's our job 
job to shut down the cash app, shut down all the other false teaching and stuff and, and aggressive begging and begin to do our job to prepare the people just like these, this prophet Isaiah did to people in his day. He even spoke then for what's going on now because nothing is new under the sun. We need to do our job right now and build the people up, mature the people, perfect the people so that the people can be well informed about what's going on that they don't venture into one of these situations that can turn violent and tragic and somebody could die innocently because they were not informed you know and they can make better choices as a result of that and so come on clergy come on ministers come on teachers come on preachers this is the hour right now where we need to be helping god's people to be well informed so that they can make better choices we need to be teaching the gospel teaching the word if you're going to be a prophet then let's tell what has already been told and foretold you got minor prophets you got major prophets there's enough teaching right here to keep us busy we don't have to go out here and create nothing we can just go right here teach put the people in remembrance of what god said that they can be well informed that they can make better choices and they won't end up in those situations, won't end up in those circumstances because they know how they're going to turn out. They know the end at the beginning. If we teach them, you know, we can't back away from these critical times we're living in. You know, we can't treat these seasons and times that we're living in as, a, as an opportunity to beg for more money. Let's forget about that right now. There'll be a time in the future. Maybe you'll be back in the church and you can do that. Right now, ain't no time to be begging for no offering. Right now is the time to be helping the people to be well informed about what's going on prophetically so that they can make well informed, better choices going forward. Amen. And so we see that right there as Isaiah the prophet is prophesying, letting the people know in his day, not only in his day, but there's also food in here for us for our day and even for future generations. And then it goes on to say in the book of Isaiah chapter 49, verse 22 through verse 26 of the King James Bible, listen to how he continues this argument. Listen to how he's speaking to us prophetically. He was speaking to them in his day, but it also had implication for our day. And so let's look at what he says here in the, in the, in the, in the book of Isaiah chapter 49, verse 22 to verse 26. And think about this in terms of being well informed about what's really going on prophetically so that I can make a better choice going forward, not only for me, but for my children, my children's children, my friends, my extended family, anybody I know, uh, the more informed I am, you know, reach one, teach one. I can share some of this with people. I can at least tell them where to go and read it so they can be well informed because it's going to impact that choice that they're going to make. Because the choice is ours. You know, we can't blame nobody. The choice is ours. He goes on to say, thus saith the Lord God, behold, this means pay attention to this. This is important. I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles. This is what God's saying. That's us, y'all. We are the Gentiles. Okay? If you were not a pure-blooded, blowing Jew, you are a Gentile. But it was first preached to them, shared to them, given to them. They rejected it. And then it was preached and given to the Gentiles. And guess what? We are the bad olive branch that got engrafted in when they rejected the gospel. It was now offered to us. And that's back from a long time ago. But Isaiah saw this happening. He saw this with future generations. You know, we are under that dispensation of grace right now. You know, we can become a part of the promise of Abraham, to, uh, God to Abraham. You know, we can be an heir to that promise, you know. We just got to be informed of how to go about it, how to do it. And so Isaiah is helping us here. He said, my hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people. Got to, we got to live by that standard too. They rejected it, but we can't reject it. You know, we got to be able because it's going to impact our choices. It says, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms 
dedicating them babies to them as soon as they come in the world, parents. And thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. Get them in there and dedicate them. You know, one year old, they've been born. You ain't dedicate them to God. We wrong. And kings shall be thy nursing fathers and their queens, thy nursing mothers. Amen. It takes a village and a community, everybody to raise those kids all the way from the time they're born and dedicated all the way until they're full grown and able to make well-informed decisions on their own when they reach that age of accountability. Amen. And it says that it says they shall bow down uh, to thee with their faces toward the earth and lick up the dust of thy feet and thou shalt know <coughs> that I am the Lord. But they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Shall they pray by shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with them that contended with thee and I will save thy children and I will feed them that uh, oppress thee with their own flesh and they shall be drunken with their own blood as with sweet wine and all flesh shall know that I the Lord am thy savior and thy redeemer the mighty one of Jacob. So you got to understand here, there's a lot of scenarios in that passage of scripture right there. Well, God is saying, look, I don't care what kind of captivity my people find themselves in. I don't care what kind of, uh, uh, you know, enslavement they find themselves in. God is saying, hey, look here, just like I was with my people when they went into Babylonian captivity, it was to teach them a lesson that they can't live by their own righteousness. They can't live by bread alone. They got to live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so God sometimes will allow people to go into captivity. Amen. To teach them a lesson. He'll allow these things. He'll allow people to deal with you with a strong hand to let you know that he's the only one that can get you out of it. But he's saying for our children as we raise them up so that they too will grow up worshiping God understanding the importance of a personal relationship with God, that when it comes time for them to make that decision, they will not make a decision to go after the world standard and serve those men that are in power in the world and want to be like them, but they'll want to look at the example of God and Jesus Christ and pattern themselves after his way of doing things. And so that's what this is about right here. He's letting you know the fate of what's going to happen to those who go after, you know, serving people themselves or those who turn to God and go after his way way of doing things. It's that choice, but you got to be well informed. He's letting you see right there what the fate is for each choice. If you go after those, those, those earthly, you know, um, examples and movie stars and superstars and athletes and all those people out there, man, who call themselves kings and queens and all that stuff, man, you know, we got that stuff going on in the church now. It's all over the world now. Everybody want to call themselves our young girls. I'm queen so-and-so and got the mentor and I'm king so-and-so. And, you know, we're labeling ourselves and patting ourselves off for all this stuff when God is saying, no, Jesus Christ, man, was a humble lamb. You know, he's wants some humility because anything else brings humiliation. He's saying when you pattern yourself after the examples of the world, it brings and leads to humiliation. That's not the best choice for you. But I want you to humble yourself under the hand of Almighty God. And in due season, God said, I will raise you up. You know, we humble ourselves and bow at the feet of him right now and worship him in spirit and in truth. You know, because he is the only king of kings and Lord of lords. Don't put nobody over God, no system before God. 
We seek first his way of doing things. And he said, then all these other things will be added unto you. I know what you have need of, says the Lord. But I want you to be well informed about what's going on. You can't serve two masters. You know, you're going to love one and hate the other. You've got to decide, you know, today, today, you've got to make that choice. The book of Isaiah, chapter 18, verse 1 through 3, the King James Bible. We're still dealing with these, these prophetic uh, utterances that Isaiah has given us because he wants us to be well informed so that we can make a better choice going forward. Because things are not going to just go away. I, I, I love the fact that the Lord told me that there's an indictment on America and an indictment on the world. Amen. But he did not say that, that the world was doomed. He just said if they continue down this path, amen, some people, man, is going to uh, jeopardize their destiny. Amen. And it says, Isaiah's prophesying here, and look at what he says. He says, uh, you know, and, and here's the indictment. Listen to this indictment. It says, woe. Amen. Uh, it's one of them woe moments. We're in a woe season right now. He says, woe to the land, shadowing with wings, which is beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, amen, that sendeth ambassadors by the sea, even in vessels to bulrushes upon the waters, <coughs> saying, go ye swift messengers to a nation scattered and peeled to a people terrible from their beginning hitherto, a nation met it out and trodden down whose land and rivers have spoiled. All ye inhabitants of the world and the dwellers on the earth shall ye says, see ye when he lifted up an ensign or an example on the mountains and when he bloweth a trumpet, hear ye. Now this word woe right here, understand what's going on in Isaiah's day. There, is some, there, there are people that are rejecting God. They're worshiping other gods. They're going into idolatry. They're practicing witchcraft. They're practicing sorcery. They're practicing all this other stuff. They're creating their own system of worship and religion and their own gods. And it's all an abomination to God. And he's saying, look at how powerful all these nations are. You know, you don't have to do all of that. You know, God has really blessed them. But look at what he's saying. He said, but woe in that land. You know, woe in that land, you know, woe in that land, you know, that's shadowing with wings, you know, with wings. In other words, you know, it's like it's like you want to fly high. You know, you want yourself to be high and lifted up high and exalted, you know, you know, you know, you know, some of them building statues with, you know, putting wings on them like the angels and worshiping that stuff, you know, you know. And he got is saying, I see all of that, you know, in that day. Well, guess what? He's seeing the same thing today. You know, all these high minded people, you know, all these people right now on social media, man, I see this stuff taking pictures of all this stuff in the sky, man, talking about, you know, sending this stuff out, talking about they saw an angel. They saw God with all these big wings, nine foot wings on them. It's crazy right now, you know, but that's the same spirit. That's the same spirit. And Isaiah is warning the people right here. Don't get mesmerized. Don't get pulled away with that. You know, be informed about that, but don't don't freak out about that. Don't fear about that. Just understand that God is saying these things that happened then, you'll probably see them happen again. But know that I'm still God, you know, and you still got to be informed about what's going on so you can make better choices. OK, better choices, you know, more blessed the people who don't need all them signs, you know. But your name is written in the Lamb Book of Life and you still going to trust God. But trust him for the work that he does. He's the one that saves. He's the one that forgives. He's the one that heals. He's the one that shows mercy. He's the one. You know, you know, you don't need all that other stuff. 
Uh, you know, when you look at these verses in the book of uh, Isaiah, chapter 18, verses one through seven, God's care for his people is what we really see in the increase of obedience to his will. That's what he's calling for out of that chapter. The development, the growth and the maturity of his bride, the church is what he's all concerned about here. You know, this is what Isaiah is warning us. Isaiah's prophecy had a targeted audience in mind. Then it's got a targeted audience in mind today. And it has a targeted audience in mind for those in the future of this in this world. You know, it was intended for them then. OK, in his day. But it's for us right now. We can learn some lessons from what they went through. That woe means a lot. That woe is that indictment. That woe is that all. God is not pleased with what he's seeing. It's like we're turning more and more away from God and putting more confidence and trust in these worldly systems and in man. You know, we're making money our God, you know, material things our God, people our gods. You know, we want them to win so we can win with them. Now, we've already won with Christ. The battle has already been won. He's already given us a victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so Isaiah, the prophet, he pronounced woe, meaning doom. That word woe means doom. If we don't change, if we don't write this course, if we don't turn from our evil ways, some people are going to be doomed. Not everybody, but all those who practice wickedness, you know. In his day and in the land of Ethiopia, meaning Cush, okay, that's the real name of Ethiopia, you know, back then, uh, which rose to such power that it overran all of Egypt. This took place way back there when he prophesied back in 715 BC, but it's still appropriate today. Okay. America has risen to great prominence and great power, but you wouldn't know it right now because of bad leadership, clueless leadership, you know, that's trying to divide this country, ignore the problems in this country, provide absolutely zero leadership. We, we, we've, been, we've been envied by people. We've been looked to put people for leadership as an example of moral high ground and ethical, uh, you, know, pr pr uh, you know, dominance. And we have jeopardized all of that, you know. Envy of the world, you know, similar to America, who rose to great power as a blessed nation, but today is tripping over her power or her prominence, abusing her power and her people. The Ethiopian dynasty back then during Isaiah's day was led by Pharaoh. And everybody knew about Pharaoh, Shabaka, back in 716, uh, uh, all the way through 701 B.C. That's a long time ago. But it's the same type of challenge and problems we're seeing today. OK, same thing. But Ethiopia was crushed. They were crushed because God had all against them. They were abusing their power. They were crushed. Then anybody that tried to abuse their power today are going to be crushed again. They're going to they're going to be doomed because God is all powerful. He's all knowing. He's the one that wants to be uh, worshipped. And so let this be a lesson, America, in the rest of the world. OK, when we get full of pride, arrogance, high minded, self-righteous, full of ourselves, no regard for human life and overly aggressive and ambition and ambitious, God will humble us. That's where we're heading right now. God is going to humble America. You know, he's going to humble America because we're out of control right now. And I'm talking about our leadership, I'm talking about our system that we depend on. They're failing us left and right. The education system right now failing. You got teachers out there rioting because they don't want to go back in them schools and them classrooms until there are some things implemented there. 
You know, you've got the religious system that are failing us. Ain't nobody out there right now warning the people, informing the people. We're begging. We're using this opportunity to beg. Every site I've been on, every invitation I've accepted to go and listen at some of these live chats, some of these, some of these parties that they're, they're, they're giving out there. It's supposed to be ministry to the people, informing the people so that they can make better choices. And it's all about a cash out. First thing you see is a cash out, begging for money, begging for money. People need money. People need money to pay their rent. People need money to pay their bills so they don't get evicted. But see, the scripture warns us that these things were going to happen when the, when the righteous are in charge, the people prosper. But when the wicked are in charge, the people are tormented, just like we see. That's in the book of, um, book of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse, uh, I think it's verse 1 and 2. It tells us, it warns us, you know. I mean, Proverbs, I'm sorry, the book of Proverbs chapter 29, verses 1 through 3. It tells us that. So the people can be informed that when they see these things, it's because the wrong people are in charge. The wicked are in charge. Spiritual wickedness in high places. It's trickling down to the people. And it's having an impact on the people in a negative sense. We should have been informed of this already. Some of us were, but some of us were not. And those who are guilty are setting themselves up for doom. You know, if they don't change and write this course right now. And so, you know, so Isaiah is forming us right now. The only way that we can turn this around is we're going to have to humble ourselves. That's the only way out and turn away from our wicked ways and turn to God. And he will save us. He'll help us. Yes, he will. You know, yes, he will. Just like the, the, the God sent, as we saw in this prophecy, he sent swift messengers by water to those nations marked by providence and measured out. Trodden on the foot, God's people today in America and the rest of the world find themselves being trampled on. But he warned us by Isaiah's prophecy then, for now, whoever thinks that they can swallow up God's people and get away with it are in for a rude awakening. They are about to find they are cast down because God's people are not abandoned nor are they deserted by God or separated from his love. They are not destroyed either, amen, or neglected, because if God be for them, he is more than the whole world against them. Talking about us, us, God's people, his faithful remnant, his faithful few, those who continue to be faithful to him. As many world leaders are about to find out again, all the dwellers on the earth must watch the motions of God's divine providence. Keep your eyes on God. Fix your eyes on him and wait upon his divine intervention, his wisdom, his guidance, his direction, and for the fulfillment and manifestation of his divine will on earth. We can't abandon him now. We can't turn back now. We can't look back now. Can't put our hands to the plow now. We got to forget everything that is behind us and we got to strive and aim and reach toward those marks, those prizes of the high call of God in Christ Jesus that is set before us. You know, that's where we at right now. To do that, I've got to be well informed about what's going on. I got to have the prophetic vision of what's going on so I can see it in the scripture so I can now understand that I can make a well-informed decision. I can make a, a better choice than what, uh, you know, what everybody else is making that don't know, you know. The book of Amos, chapter 3, verse 7, King James Bible. God always gives assurance through his prophet, not these false prophets and prophetess running around here, out here in the world, man, lying and exploiting and misleading God's people. God, by his prophets, like Isaiah, gave warning. He gave woe. 
and he also gave hope to his people. Now, that's the difference between God's prophets and self-appointed prophets. Zion, meaning God's holy habitation in his ecclesia, talking about the called out one of the church, is his rest forever. And he will look after his holy his holy sanctuary and dwelling place and his holy consecrated, separated and sanctified saints. That's why he told the father in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17, King James Bible, when he prayed, he said, Father, sanctify them that you have given me with thy word. With thy word is truth. You know, set them aside for a sacred purpose. Consecrate them, separate them, sanctify them, justify them for a sacred purpose. Make them meet for the master's use. I'm going to need to use them in the future to proclaim the good news of the gospel, to educate the people, to inform the people, you know, so that the people can make better choices, you know. You know, you know, that's what he said, you know, and so that's what he's going to do. And, and he cleaned out his father's house. He said, my father's house, don't make it a den of thieves, merchandisers, selling and buying in there, exchanging there. He says, no, make it a house of purity. I want it clean. Make it a house of power. I want to see the miracles in there. I want to see deliverance in there. I want to see demons cast out in there. I want to see hands laid on the sick and they recover in there. I want to see the miraculous power of God in there. And he says, make it a house of prayer, you know. Make it a house of prayer where my people can come together and pray to me in my father's house. And I want my children in there. I want the praise. I want it to be perfected praise in there from them little ones. And I don't suffer them to come into me, you know, for that's what the kingdom of God should look like. And so he, 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 he's speaking to us here through the prophet. He will fight their cause and battles and plead their case and provide them with strength, comfort and seasons of refreshing as only he can provide for them. <clears throat> they will be acceptable unto him, approved of men, because it is their time and season. Hang in there. It is he that will reckon with his, his and their enemies, and as God's people are protected at all seasons of the year, so their enemies are exposed at all seasons. We're seeing right now who the enemies are. We're seeing. We're seeing that pride. We're seeing that hatred. We're seeing that racism. We're seeing the one-sidedness. We're seeing the white agenda. We're seeing all of that. All of that. And God is saying, no, 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 no. Black lives matter. All lives matter. Colors matter. Everything matters. You know, all souls are mine. You know, you know, God ain't for that stuff. He ain't behind that stuff. You know, so we shouldn't get behind it. You know, you know. And so that's what he's showing us. You know, that's what he's showing us right there. Amen. 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 So God is, you know, he's 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 trying to get our our attention, uh, you know, through the prophetic word of the prophet. He's trying to show us. Amen. Amen. And so he says, when we see, when we read and we learn of these previous warnings, these oaths that God has had against his people, these indictments against God's enemies and ours, everything that had breath ought to praise God. From all for all that he has done, what he's doing and promises to do about all this hatred, all this evil, all this lying, this bigotry, this racism, this antichrist stuff that we see going on. What we are required to offer to God must be offered in the way God desires it. OK, and it is pleased and he's pleased by it. if we expect God to meet us where his name is, is, is lifted up being exalted, magnified, and so shall every nation, tongue, tribe, people of America and the world and life that have life and breath on this planet 
called earth, be convinced that Jehovah God is our God. Blessed is the nation whose Lord is our God and are willing to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel, his people, as we all unite in love and spiritual harmony and unity in one voice, crying out to him, presenting spiritual sacrifices of, of, of our joy and his glory to him. You know, it's all about him. You know, we should be blessed and, and pleased to see, to read and learn and to take heed to these warnings. OK, that they had back then. We get to see them now by looking back and saying, my God, it's applicable today of his judgments and wrath on others and hasten to turn to him and delight to be his people, his children, his chosen ones. You know, regardless of what people, nation, religion, denomination, land or tongue, tribe, ethnicity, skin color, Isaiah's prophecy may be intended. We are here to hear uh, taught not to think that God takes no one, uh, 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 no one uh, before his bride, his church, and that he has no respect to all the others. Uh, uh, affairs of men under the sun because nothing escapes uh, his will, nothing escapes his all-seeing eye. Just because he permits the wicked to triumph for a season is no guarantee that God is slumbering or sleeping. He is just long-suffering and he's patient and he's kind. He's waiting on man to turn back to him of his own free will voluntarily. He has wise reasons for not, for so doing, which we do not know, nor do we fully understand. But we can rest assured all of our undertakings and doings will appear at the great day of his second coming when he will bring every work of every person into judgment, punish and reward every man, woman, according to his works. This we can be assured of. And let me give you one more um, prophetic word here, and then we probably will wrap it up for the night. So what is our lesson to be learned here? Well, let's take Adam and Eve, for instance. They are in paradise. In other words, known to us as the Garden of Eden. There's one tree they aren't allowed to eat from, but the old serpent up to his tricks tells Eve she can be like God, must have burned her itching ears to hear such profound words and such encouraging, uh, you know, word. Like many of us, when we go to them conferences and we hear all that word from all them powerful favorite speakers from all walks and types of ministry gifts and all that stuff start flowing in these big uh, gatherings, all he had to do to be like God was riding on the deceptive statement by that serpent. That's all she had to do. If she eats fruit from that tree, like many today, Eve makes the choice to disobey God. And then Adam follows suit. He does the same thing too. remember disobedience as well as obedience is a choice. Instead of being rewarded by God for their obedience, they were punished and kicked out of the garden by the same God who told them not to eat it in the first place. <clears throat> this behavior invites God's indictment ought and ought against us, America and the world. God lets us choose between good and evil. 
who we are going to serve, him or man, no respect to persons, just as he let Adam and Eve make their choice. Simple warning here. God lets us choose between good and evil. Our right of choice begins in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. As we read in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, the beginning of this earth age is when choice was given to us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and he set us there and told us, look, enjoy this. Just don't you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When you do, you're surely going to die. It's your choice. The choice is yours. It's the choice of our today. <clears throat> Either we're going to serve God or we're going to serve mammoth. It's our choice. We can blame whoever we want to. These things been going on all the way back to the 700 B.C. And God has given us prophetic word to keep us well informed so we can make better choices. We just haven't read the book. We just haven't read the word. We just haven't been taught. We don't know what to look for until it hits us. And then it's too late. None of this that's going on right now caught God by surprise. He wanted to see what man was going to do. Who say he's a leader. Who say he knows God. He wanted to see what the clergy was going to do. And we're seeing it. Shut the doors of the church and bought us out to see what we're going to do without the building. And we're seeing it. And choices still have to be made. And so we can't stop informing the people prophetically what's going on. So that they can make better choices. Everything is hanging in the balance right now. The indictment and the art that God has is still on the people. It's still on America. It's still on the world. And God want to right that ship. He want to turn that back around. But he needs us. He needs our cooperation. He needs us to repent. He needs us to turn to him and ask for forgiveness. And he said, I will forgive your sins and heal the land. If my people would do that, don't get caught up in what's going on out there. Don't get caught up in it. Stay separated from it. You know, ask God to give you wisdom and give it to you liberally. And in all you're getting, get some understanding. Ask him tonight for divine wisdom that you may be able to discern between what is right and what is wrong. Because my choice is going forward for me, my seed, my household, all my friends, co-workers, anybody that I'm associated with. If you want them to be blessed, we're going to have to be well informed to make better choices because it impacts everybody and everything. And you may think it's not that big of a deal. They didn't think it was that big of a deal. Adam and Eve didn't think it was that big of a deal. That's why Adam sit on his behind and kept quiet after God told him what not to do. He never said anything to his wife. He let her go right ahead on and he followed suit. And that's what a lot of people are doing right now. Pastors, you need to get up off your behinds and begin to stand in the pulpit and inform the people of what thus say the Lord. Find you a prophetic voice. Go get into these prophecies and tell the people what was foretold that was we were warned by because these woes, these dooms are going to fall on people and they're not going to know what to do. They're going to be more frustrated, slip further down into that pit of despair and oppression and depression. Some of them may take their life when we got the word of life in us. But we got to tell the people what does say the Lord. We got to tell them what the prophet told us to tell them. Don't go create nothing new. Don't go try to preach to itching ears. Don't go with all these different winds of doctrines and tradition of men. 
teach and preach the unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of God. That's where the power and the salvation is at. The book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, Paul writes there, the power of, of, of God, the gospel is the power of God and the salvation for all who shall believe. But how can they believe except they hear? And how can they hear except there be a preacher? So don't sit there and let all this stuff go around and then wait 15 minutes for you to stand up and beg for money. Preach the gospel. Do your job. Warn the people. Educate the people. Teach the people. Or sit down and keep quiet and mind your own business and let God's prophets do the work. Let God's real preachers do the work. Who are not afraid. Who are not bound by tradition. Who's not bound by pressure. But are full of the Holy Ghost. And power. And ignited by God to proclaim the good news of the gospel until salvation come and people uh, or get saved or turn from their wicked ways and repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and receive that promise that is for them and for their children and for as many as the Lord our God shall call and as many that are worshiping him from afar off right now. So I'm going to end right there tonight. Amen. Amen. You know, it's wise for us to be able to be well informed that we can make better choices. That's a wise decision to be well informed so I can make wise and better choices. That's what it comes down to. Amen. Well, we're going to end right there tonight. Amen. Hopefully you got something out of this teaching tonight. Amen. Amen. If not, come back next week and we'll finish it up.